This is the B-Team Podcast, brought to you by Jackrabbit Illustrated. I'm sure we get away with some holding, too. We just have blue and yellow glasses when we watch the game. And I wouldn't be surprised by the end of his career you start seeing NFL looks. I mean, I, I feel like he's that good. Got him right. Look at us go. We're good at this. It only took us half the season. We've hit our stride, everybody. Yep, you are witnessing your wealth. Greatness. And this is why yes. we're, th- this may be our Jordan game. Now, here's Ben and Brendan. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in. This is the Splitting Hairs podcast brought to you by Jackrabbit Illustrated. I am Brendan, part of the B team here with Ben in Dallas. We might have to rename the B team now because um, we're the BBD. I don't, that doesn't roll <laughs> off the tongue quite, quite as Quite as well. It sounds like it's a pretty sure that's not. <laughs> it sounds like a tab really. you don't want to show your wife on the computer. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a thing now. <laughs> hey Matt, I didn't. I didn't swear. All right. So, anyways, since we're getting wild, uh, after a wild good weekend, good thing we didn't use his last name. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's move on. Anyways, moving on. Wild weekend in the FCS. Obviously. Um, Jacks, it was uh, not what we were hoping for, but we weren't the only ones to have our weekend go awry. Um, overall, everything was just an absolute disaster for everybody, and I don't think anybody's happy unless you had an unranked team. Yeah, no doubt. I it was unreal watching. You know, uh, the one that I was paying the mo- closest attention to, obviously, was the NDSU game outside of ours. Um, and you know, I, I mentioned that. Yes, I had it on, but I was too angry about our game to pay much attention to it. But I thoroughly enjoyed watching Southern Illinois spank NDSU. Yeah, and I haven't had the opportunity to watch that. I was because I obviously live close to Grand Forks, so I ran up to the game and Chad from the the Takedown podcast was there with us and everything. But we were score watching during the game, and at about halftime, I'm sitting there going, "Oh, I got so much trash to talk." <laughs> and the second half happened, and I didn't. Uh, it didn't seem like an appropriate time to smack talk quite as much. Um, so that was unfortunate. But no, UND, uh, UND obviously with us. NDSU went down. Eastern Washington lost to Idaho. I mean, it was just a disaster. Illinois State lost to USD. They had seven turnovers at home. And the last one was a turnover in the end zone. Like they, I, I don't know if that was a Hail Mary or what, but I know their last play of the game was an interception into the end zone. Just, I, I wish I would have written it down. We had that call with Stig earlier today, and he, he rattled off 10 teams in the top 15. I mean, it was just, it was unbelievable. He just kept going. Yeah. I mean, it was a, it was a hot mess like following scores. Um, yeah, I think, think McNeese it, State lost to um, University Incarnate Word, which serves me right because I was making fun of a voter for putting them on the <laughs> ballot, and, and they won, so I don't know. Yeah, I think it was four of the top 10 and 10 of the top 25 teams lost over the weekend, which is just insane. I mean, the I, I feel bad for the guys that had to put a top 25 together just with that craziness. Um However, I feel like some of them could have done a lot better than they did. We'll go over the updated top 25 later. Um, we've got some stuff we want to get to before Hank McCall hops on. We're real excited about having him on. He's going to be on about 830. Mm-hmm. Um, so why don't we run down um, 
the recap of the Missouri Valley games over the weekend and how our picks went. Uh, so we'll go ahead and start with uh, Northern Iowa and Youngstown State. Um, yep. That one wasn't real surprising. That was probably the least surprising game of the weekend. Um, Northern Iowa just took it to Youngstown State, 21 to zero. Um, you know, that to me, it it says something about what we were able to do their, to their defense because they clearly have a very good defense. Um, and it says something about NDSU too, about, you know, uh, they didn't look near as good as against Youngstown State as Northern Iowa did. Right. I mean, I think it just kind of went to prove um, <clears throat> that Youngstown State's just kind of a dumpster fire like we thought. And, you know, I mean, with all these and with the rankings and everything, normally you don't know until week three how good a team really is, but especially in this year. And I think that shows with all the upsets. But I think Youngstown State really is what they thought we thought they were. And you and I's defense is what we thought they were as well. They're, they're a damn good defense. And, you know, offensively, they're not going to light it up. But I think you also saw that Youngstown State does have a solid defense when they played in Fargo because they were on the field all game and only gave up 20 some point, like 24 points. So, um, but overall I think just shows Youngstown state's a dumpster fire and you and I is pretty much what we thought they were. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, we both picked that one, right? Um, it's a good thing we got that one cause we didn't do very good other than that one. Um, the other one we got right is uh, Missouri state. They beat Western Illinois 30 to 24 um, that was a competitive game, but against two teams that uh, we probably are going to be the, the lower part of the Missouri Valley's here. Yeah, I mean, really, you know, we all kind of knew they were going to be battling it out at the bottom. And, I mean, it was a very competitive game, uh, pretty fun game from what I've, I've been told for watching it. haven't had a chance to watch that yet either. Um, but, no, it kind of turned – is the only time we were right. Yeah, so <laughs> uh, Missouri State was favored by four in that one. They won by six, so we hit those two. The rest of them, we did not. Uh, the rest of them were very surprising results. Um, let's start with Illinois State losing at home to USD. Uh, they lost 27-20, to 20, and they were favored by six and a half, so they didn't even get close to covering there. Um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, was Illinois State overrated? Or is USD better than, than we thought they were? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think it probably is a little bit of a mix of both. Um, the fact that Illinois State was in that game, I think probably says a lot more about them than it does USD. You get seven turnovers in a game. You should win by three scores. Like, you should. If you are a better team than your opponent, if you have seven turnovers and end up winning by a touchdown, I think that does tell us that, um, Illinois State was rusty. I know we heard about Illinois schools having a hard time practicing outside and getting a lot of cohesiveness. Now, is that because I don't know if they're interceptions or fumbles or what? Um, if it was interceptions, maybe they're just off or their quarterback's terrible, in which case then maybe they just aren't what they were cracked up to be. If they were rusty and miscues and things like that, then that's a different story. But USD, I mean, kudos to them for winning. You were at number seven. You won the game. And getting seven turnovers, when you get seven turnovers, it's not an accident. Like, you you did force them to a degree. Um, just offensively, I would have concerns about them when you get the ball seven times turned over to you and don't put up more than 27 points. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, one thing that 
I think we should note is that, you know, we were kind of questioning what, you know, what's our quarterback play going to look like. And he played pretty well. Um, he was pretty efficient in the passing game. Um, you know, like you said, you'd like to see more points come out of the, all those turnovers, but mm-hmm. that'll be something to watch and see if they've got something with their, their new quarterback there. Um, or if it was just a product of Illinois state team, either being not ready to play or not just not as good as we thought they were. Cause I do think, I think they were overrated. I think we can say that much. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Just, I mean, you know, obviously, uh, their quarterback had four INTs to one TD and then, you know, 15 to 33. That's, um, Zeb Nolan numbers. Ooh. Shit. Oh, all <laughs> right. That one in there, huh? Right all down right. There. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, I told you I had good ones saved up. I just haven't used them. <laughs> it's, uh, no, uh, you know, I, it, and with Coach Nielsen down there at USD, I don't think we can expect him to be a dumpster fire like they were before he got there. He is a good coach. He did a good job with West Illinois. So I think, you know, middle of the conference is probably a, a good ceiling, but who knows? This year's a just a whirlwind so right speaking of zeb noland uh ndsu had some issues down at southern illinois they could not get their 40th consecutive victory they had 39 couldn't get to big number 40 um let's hope this is a sign of things to come and it very well could be because they did not look good at all against a team in southern illinois that was you know they had their back quarterback in and I just you know NDSU just could not get anything going in the run game or the pass game um, and it'll be interesting to see if they stick with Zeb Nolan because I mean they've got their pitchforks out up there man oh my God do they ever yeah <laughs> oh, oh my God they want Matt Ends fired already yeah. <laughs> like yeah I uh, you know um, my biggest Christmas present would be if they managed to lose in Missouri State this weekend and i mean Oof. i'm gonna just get some marshmallows because Far- fargo's <laughs> gonna be on fire um no, but yeah i who saw that coming you know i don't i think we both kind of questioned how good you know zeb nolan was and ndsu was but um we didn't i mean not in your wildest dreams would you expect that but if you look at um ndsu overall they lost like tons they lost mm-hmm. a lot more than we recognize. I had a bunch of NDSU buddies of mine sending me stuff going. This is what we lost. We kind of should have known this was going to happen. And, you know, they were just NDSU and have reloaded over and over and over to the point of nausea that, um, you know, it is very refreshing to have seen that happen. Um, you know, if that continues the rest of the spring, I will be a very happy little girl. uh, you know who knows you know i mean we got our own issues to deal with but that was definitely um the surprise of anybody i mean that took southern illinois from unranked to like what number 11 is what they got ranked this week off of that one win yeah they jumped up really high and i i don't think that ndsu fell as far as they should have um again we'll we'll kind of recap the updated stand updated uh, top 25 coming up here but yeah, Zeb Nolan again. You know, he was thirteen to twenty-four with uh, only one hundred fifty-nine yards passing and one touchdown and one interception. Right before this year started, we talked about how maybe this will be the year they don't have an NFL caliber quarterback. I think we at least got our wish come true there. Right. Oh, I, you think? Yeah. And so, 
even outside of that, though, I mean, they it, it was just very surprising they weren't able to have their dominant run game get going and really help him out. Right. Um, and they were just getting gashed on defense. I mean, I was, they were just getting, it was SIU was just pass after pass and it just seemed like they had no answer for it. Yeah. I mean, if we talked about that a little bit, you know, watching the Youngstown state game, I think I did anyways, when I watched that Youngstown state game against NDSU, like, yeah, they didn't allow much for points, but they were facing a team that only wanted to run quarterback option with quarterbacks that couldn't read the option properly. And they had offensive linemen who didn't know who to block. So, yeah, you're going to look good on defense there. And now they face a Southern Illinois team that, you know, for all their turnover struggles, were able to move the ball against UND. So it could be a little bit of them getting exposed there. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, Southern Illinois had 25 first downs and NDSU only had 12. <laughs> I mean, they, they over doubled them up there. So, yeah, it'll be real interesting to see how they respond. I would expect them to win this week against Missouri State, but it'll be interesting to see how they look and see if uh, Missouri State can kind of exploit some of the the issues that they had against um, Southern Illinois. And then the last Missouri Valley game of the week was ours against UND, which obviously we all know how that went. Um, A real frustrating game. Uh, Just a lot of things went wrong, and we just weren't sharp. And you just you can't make that many mistakes and expect to win against a team that turns out might be the real deal. Yeah, they um, absolutely do. Obviously, we'll get into this with Hank. Um, they really do look like the real deal at the same token. Um, I understand all the Jackrabbit fans' frustration because you see NDSU just getting their tails whipped and then we're just – doing whatever we want realistically on offense in the first half against UND and the defense is fairly well locking them down. You're feeling really good and you're feeling, and you're starting to get that feeling of this is the year, you know, where it's not a monster NDSU team and we got a really good squad. I still hundred percent believe we have a really good squad. Um, for all the mistakes we had to be in that game at the end again uh, is, is really unbelievable. You know, just like it was unbelievable, we won that game at UNI. Um, we managed to make more mistakes in this game. And, you know, yeah, they won and they did well. Um, the most interesting thing about being at that cro- at that game was the crowd atmosphere there. That first touchdown that we had against them that we drove down and scored right away just sucked. I've never – so much air out of that stadium. <laughs> I've never been in a quieter stadium in my life. I stood up and shouted with my hands over my mouth. <laughs> this is the quietest football game I've ever been at in my life. And three sections left. Not like just the people around me. They could hear it for three sections. That's crazy. I was able to call out their quarterback by name and be like, Tommy, Tommy, <laughs> I'll teach you how to shave. You know, stupid stuff because I'm petty. <laughs> but it was that quiet. And then we just made so many mistakes that all of a sudden their crowd was like, Oh my God, we might win this. And then they got into it and there was definitely a crowd there in the second half. Yeah. Did you catch any heat back for, for the early game comments? No, no, I didn't. Uh, uh, I, uh, I, I do know when to be quiet um, (laughs) and give kudos. Uh, You know, if you're getting it handed to you like that during the game, uh, it's time to be a little bit quieter with, uh, you know, throwing some comments out there and just be loud when your team does well. 
Actually, Ariel, my wife, blew her voice out in the second half trying to cheer the guys back on as opposed to me blowing it out in the third drive of the game. Yeah. <laughs> well, good deal. Yeah, that's uh, it's too bad they couldn't come away with a victory when you made the trip. Um, but yeah, so that's the Missouri Valley slate that we ran down there. We both went two and three in the picks. Not a great week, Ooh. but... I mean, who could have seen, especially the NDSU uh, outcome? Um, yeah. Yeah, so it'll be interesting. And, you know, one thing that is interesting to me is what the the playoff implications of this week will be. You know, yeah. we've talked we've talked about before how, you know, there's only so many teams that are going to make it this year. And so your resume is going to be huge. And not only are you not able to lose very many games at all, if you lose a game, it better be against a good team. And yeah. we lost against UND, who is now ranked in the top five, depending on what poll you're looking at. Right. They lost to a Southern Illinois team that wasn't ranked. So, I mean, right. if you compare those two losses, it's not looking good for them right now. Yeah, and once it comes down to resumes like that, um, you know, that that is big for us. But on the flip side, NDSU is NDSU unfortunately. And it's going to take them having three or more losses not to make it in. And they might make it with three losses just because that's the way it is. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. We debated that there could be a log jam. There's going to be a log jam with two. I mean, that that's a guarantee, but it could be a log jam with three. If you get this weird. Yeah. I I don't know. makes me nervous. Glad to figure that out. Yeah. Right. I, I, a, I don't want to be the committee because you're going to leave somebody who pro- is really deserving home. No, you know, that's for sure. just the reality. Um, but if NDSU is bad this year, um, that doesn't help the Valley per se. I mean, we'll be happy. I, it's, it's like uh, the USD women's basketball team or men's basketball team um, and NDSU football. I'm always very happy to have them be really bad. So and speaking speaking of NDSU being bad, uh, somebody sent out a text earlier today with uh, a certain somebody picking off uh, a North Dakota State quarterback in would have been probably 2005. Although the video looked like it was what shot during the Nixon administration, I it was that was the old, I felt so old. <laughs> so at any rate, here just want to introduce a good friend of mine, uh, Midco personality, Hank McCall. Thank you for joining us, bud. Happy to be here, guys. How's it going? Really good. Um, I want to apologize for not remembering your name a couple podcasts back when we were talking about the, the you guys on Midco doing a great job. So that's uh, that's on me. Your name's really easy to remember as well, and I'm just stupid. So that's more my <laughs> fault. Than it is anything. No worries at all. I'm a forgettable guy. No, no, he's you're a, not at all. SDSU great, and yeah. So I I did tweet out there, or send out that text about the the Dakota Marker highlight, which was the first Dakota Marker game. Uh, it was in Brookings, and um, you know, as we know, you sealed it with that interception. Um, I guess you know what was it? Uh, what was it like uh, winning the first Dakota Marker there? Oh gosh, that was uh, well. The first foremost, it was a great game, fellas. Um, you know. Uh, it was, um, yeah, seems like back in the 80s uh, now. And, yeah, it looks like that way when you see it on film. But uh, big lead up heading into that game, you know, that was a unique year for us. 
2004 being the first year that we played at the Division One level, um, us and NDSU. And, um, you know, they had uh, thrown that uh, Dakota marker game together, new trophy, uh, this this new rivalry uh, that we were, you know, trying to trying to start something at this level in, in a new conference. And so um, uh, they, they did their best to have a, a good build up for the game to uh, to promote it. Um, and, uh, you know, given the times um, and the fact that, you know, we were we were a pretty good ball ball team at the time who was still trying to figure things out. But we weren't great by any means. Um, but we had some playmakers, that's for sure. And NDSU did as well. And we had a great ended up having a great crowd for that night. And it ended up being a great ball game that uh, thankfully uh, went our way after some 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 late plays being made by the Jackrabbits, um, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Definitely. Yeah. So you were you played at SDSU for four years, I believe, 2002 to 2005. And then tell me, when did you get into broadcasting with Midco? When, when did that start and how did you get into it? Yeah, it's uh, kind of, a, you know, a, a unique story um, to a certain degree. But it, I get that. I get asked that a lot. You know, how did, how did you get into that gig? Um, and it was, uh, you know, complete randomness that, uh, you know, at the time, um, Tom Neiman, my partner, um, he and I had met uh, in, our, in our day jobs, um, working, uh, you know, for separate companies who, who were doing business together. And we would, uh, you know, meet, every, I think it was about quarterly, if not monthly, we'd get together and, um, and shoot the breeze, mostly talking sports, even though that's not what our, what our jobs were <laughs> by any stretch. But um, at some point, Tommy called me and said, hey, um, you want to get together and talk football? And I said, well, hey, isn't that what we usually do anyway? Uh, he said, well, this time it's going to be a little different. Um, I, I took a new job with, with, uh, mid continent. They're starting up this, this, uh, this sports network. And so he goes, I think you should come down to the studio and we'll do kind of a test run to, uh, to see if you and I have any chemistry with a camera in front of us. And, uh, yeah, I went down there and, you know, Tommy and I hit it off cause, uh, we're, we're good buddies and we just, uh, we just work together. And so, uh, uh, the rest is history, and that was 2011 was the first fall that we called a game. Uh, we called a uh, USF game. Uh, I can't remember exactly who they played, but I was awful. Had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> but then um, the first game that we called in Brookings was Austin Sumner's first start in Brookings. Mm. And they, they ended up losing that game to Indiana State, if I remember correctly. Um, but... Um, it was, uh, yeah, the beginning of uh, what has been yeah, a 10-year run now, which is pretty cool. So watching, you know, getting to watch Austin Sumner's first start and then, you know, doing this as long as you have, seeing all these Jackrabbit great quarterbacks come through to TC and all these guys, um, what's, what's your impressions watching Mark Gronowski's first couple of games here so far? Well, I've been really impressed, guys. Um, you know, I think it started with that fall game. We were – we, we weren't sure what we were going to get to see really going into that game with it being such a weird situation and set of circumstances. But, um, you know, uh, Jabori wasn't playing um, and uh, Pierre really wasn't playing. So uh, we had no idea. What, what I went in trying to figure out is who was actually going to stand out uh, on the offensive side of the ball. Um, from a playmaker standpoint as well, wide receivers have been my biggest question mark coming into this season. Would have been last fall, too. Uh, if assuming that, you know, uh, Kate Johnson wasn't around. Um, but Gronowski definitely stood out it, just with the way he was able to 
um, uh, to, to, to move around in the pocket, uh, deliver accurate throws. Half of them weren't caught in that game. It was such a, mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't the best play game, I guess, or scrimmage. <laughs> no. um, but he, he did stand out even though, you know, he didn't light up the scoreboard or anything like that. Just like, oh, this kid's a player, um, true freshman. So who knows when we'll see him given that we got two guys, two starters coming back. Uh, hopefully both of them will be healthy, you know, at the time thinking that the job would certainly be going to one of those guys. But Mark has been nothing short of outstanding in the first two in the first halves of the first two games yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah, no which which is a common a common thing that you'll see with young quarterbacks as defenses you know switch things up on them in the second half and, and present different looks to them and uh, attack them in different ways um, but even last week you know you saw some of the throws that he's able to make whether he's standing comfortably back in the pocket uh, with pressure in his face or he's outside of the pocket um, and, and delivering accurate balls down the field uh, that were some that were completed, some that weren't, but he was giving his guys a chance to make plays on those. And one of them was a touchdown that, of course, was called back due to a phantom tripping call on West Janant that I still, yeah. I, I, I'm not quite there yet on my second time through that game, but um, I just remember uh, after being a, you know, that was later in the game, so I was a couple beers deep by then, but um, I just remember trying to figure out where in the hell that flag came from. Uh, but regardless, um, to answer your question, long answer to a short question, uh, number 11's been fantastic so far, and he's got a very bright future. Oh, for sure. Yeah, so uh, you, you talk about that, that throw that got called back. That was the most impressive throw of that game. He just, I mean, it was a very difficult throw, and I just, I couldn't believe he even made it. And I was very angry that it got called back because it was such a good throw. But um, <laughs> kudos to... Uh, your guys' midco crew in, in, in our area because I don't know what you thought of that broadcast, but I thought it was uh, pretty bad in terms of like there were no reviews or like replays. Like you couldn't – like every penalty they were like, oh, it, it happened, but we're not going to show it. And so that was really frustrating to me. And I, So, I mean, it's uh, it's always nice about having you, your crew out there because it seems to – uh, I mean, it's just a great broadcast when, when you guys are calling the game and, and with, with what you guys, what your crew does. Well, thank you. We appreciate that. You know, it's, uh, it's come a long way in the, in the 10 years we've been doing it um, uh, from a production quality standpoint, like, you know, even from the beginning, uh, the guys, you know, they, they would do a good job, but we were so limited with some of the technology that we had at the time. Uh, and they've added trucks and they've added, you know, uh, more cameras and, and higher quality cameras. Um, and uh, so, no, yeah, I, I, I appreciate that. And I know that, that the crew would, would appreciate hearing that as well, because uh, a lot of, lot, of, lot of time goes into setting those games up. Um, a lot of bodies in the background, guys scrambling last minute to make sure everything's set to go. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, it's, it, it's, it's a ton of fun. Guys, we've seen some great football games. Uh, and some great players come through the program over the last 10 years. And it's, you know, I, would I have been as engaged had I not been doing this? I, perhaps, but maybe not. Um, at the same time, you know, we've, um, and just with all the success that the program has had, uh, obviously it's, it's made it uh, uh, a lot easier. I know that there are other programs um, in, in our conference and guys who do what I do, who have really, you know, uh, for the last 10 years, uh, more often than not, been calling some 
some trash games uh, with <laughs> their team that perhaps they played for or bled for or really care about just getting beat down every day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's been, uh, I've been glad to be on the other end of that. That's for sure. So how hard is it for you to keep some form of impartiality when you're calling the game being into it like you are? Yeah, you know, uh, that's a great question because there are times where uh, often where I'm in the back and I'm trying to keep my cool. Um, you know, the big games, if you were to, to play a, a big game, a sequence from a big game, like an NDSU game, and then, uh, and then pair it up to, you know, having Arkansas Pine Bluff in, um, I, I would think you'd probably be able to notice, if you can't, just by thinking back, being like, oh, yeah, these yeah. guys are, like, Hank's fired up for this game, ready, <laughs> ready to be out there. Yeah. Um, but, there, yeah, there are times where it is difficult. We've got our cough button where, uh, you know, you can push that button and nobody can hear you. But, I, you know, at the same time, I, we, Tom and I have both taken a lot of pride in trying to remain as, as impartial as possible, even though we're both, you know, through and through jackrabbits. Um, but uh, there's been times, actually, where we've gotten grief uh, about uh, not being Homer enough. <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. I've actually had our producers tell us, you know, hey, you, know, you guys can – you guys can homer it up a little bit. And, and so the last couple of years, we've, we've kind of eased off of that and just been um, a little more, a little more partial, but. You guys do a fantastic job at it. And even though some NDSU fans for some reason don't think you do, but they don't count as people all the time. So So we had, we had a question. Uh, One of, one of the other guys on our team at a Jack Abbott illustrated, he loved following you on Twitter. And you don't have Twitter anymore. So he was wondering, you were such a great follow. He was wondering what, why you're off Twitter now. Yeah, you know, guys, I, I really, the, the whole social media ball game, just, it's just not for me. Um, I, uh, uh, Facebook was fun. When it first came out, I was still at SDSU. Uh, when Facebook was fresh. And uh, so, yeah, that was, uh, that was fun back then, um, you know, just for the college kids. And uh, um, we were, you know, we, we utilized that to the best of our abilities. Um, yeah, whole, it was a whole new world for us. Um, but I, yeah, it was shortly after I graduated, you know, a few years after where I uh, lost interest in that. Uh, so bailed on that. And Twitter was, <laughs> but Twitter was a good opportunity, you know, stay engaged with, uh, with the fans and, and alumni and, and buddies that are scattered throughout the country. But, uh, you know, I just saw it's been a, it's been a few years now since I've been off the platform and I was really just kind of seeing and hearing uh, not as much, uh, just a whole lot of negative stuff, man. And not, not about mm-hmm. us or, you know, SDSU or, or, you know, our broadcast team, anything like that, but just the world and life in general. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much done with that. I think <laughs> so uh, I've got a couple of other platforms that I, I utilize for, uh, for the essentials, uh, fashion, music, uh, food, things of that nature. So. Yeah, I can, I can, res- I can respect that. There's definitely a lot of negativity out there. So I guess watching, you know, you said you're almost through your second time watching the UND game. I guess what are your what are your takes from that um, in terms of, uh, you know, I guess what are your thoughts on it and, and as far as what went wrong and, and what they need to improve on? Well, you, you know, the the uh, the elephant in the room is special teams, fellas, because uh, that was an awful <laughs> that was one of the worst special teams performances I can remember from, from an SDSU uh, football team, which is, 
yeah, it's an aberration for Coach Stig, uh, Coach Team, um, certainly. And so they, they've got a lot to clean up there. Um, and I think on that side of the ball, we may see a, uh, quite a few more uh, breakdowns uh, week to week, or maybe just early on in this in this spring season. You know, not having those those preseason games to to work out some of those wrinkles, uh, to get some guys you know re- repositioned and and uh, um, and just um, you know iron some of that stuff out. So maybe we'll see some more of that, but but maybe not. So that that's a big thing. They got they got to shore that up, obviously. But um, there's something going on in the second half, guys. Where where uh, it's just not clicking offensively. Mm-hmm. The you know the, the rhythm's not there, and um, it's just uh, it, it's strange because they they come out and have been so so efficient and and at times explosive, and then it's like um, it's almost like a, a second unit. Now the penalties certainly have have been have been painful. Have negated a lot of a lot of momentum. Taking touchdowns off the board. Um, you know, defensively, this defense is deep. We know that, but it almost was, it was as if they got wore down in that second half, uh, last week, even though, uh, I don't think the, the play disparity was, was really all that substantial as in, you know, the offense was just three and out every time. Cause they put together some drives, just, you know, some turnovers and, and ultimately, you know, stalling eventually, but, um, I can't, you know, there isn't one thing that I pinpoint, guys. The, the bottom line is, um, this is a very talented football team, um, with with certainly some some young guys in in pivotal places that uh, that are going to take time to to mature and mm-hmm. and become the type of players you can rely on for four quarters. Um, but they they've still got a lot to sort out, as talented as they are. And the, the unfortunate thing is that you don't have this preseason this year. And I think you guys were were hitting on it before I hopped on. Is that you know, it was almost do or die from from week one, and yeah. now now you you dropped one and um, to a good football team. Uh, don't get me wrong, UND is rocks out football team, and that they have mm-hmm. been building that program the last you know few years. And so that that game really didn't surprise me that they came out and gave us hell for for four quarters and and ultimately just made more plays because uh, they they've got guys uh, at, at uh, pretty much every position that that isn't afraid of a big stage and. And to go toe to toe with uh, with a national consistent national contender like like we are, um, but yeah, you know it's back to the drawing board. If there's one thing I know about a that we all know about a coach Stiglmeyer, um, the football team is that uh, they they continue to improve week in and week out uh, historically. Um, uh, injuries aside, you know last year was kind of an aberration for this group, which is with how beat up they were, but. Uh, there's certainly some positive things they'll be able to take take away from last week, uh, but in the end, you know, uh, dropping that one on the road that hurts. And, and from here on out, you know, there's a lot of work to do before uh, you can call yourself a playoff team and uh, in this reduced field and and um, and have a shot at that national title. Definitely. I mean, it. it, it you, you mentioned how you don't you don't have those preseason games to get you going, and I mean, everybody's in that same boat. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's something that everybody's dealing with, but I think it's, especially with a freshman quarterback and he's done great, but, you know, I think you've seen, especially in the second half, like you said, once teams make adjustments that, uh, you know, it would have been nice to have a couple cupcakes, I guess, to, to get his, get his feet wet and, and, uh, get some guys, you know, uh, comfortable with their positions. Certainly, you know, there, there was a, uh, I think it was the first game 
when the um, uh, the the television crew, um, you know, they they were talking about Gronowski being the third stringer. Hmm. and being the guy out there <laughs> over and uh, over and what might we see Javori gives or you know there's something something going on here well there's uh, mark I, I tell you it's um when you look back at last year the games that Javori started uh and and the games that Heidi started um each of them bring different skill sets uh you know to, to, to the table um but it, it's I don't know. I, I, there's there's a part of me that says there's a different feel um, with with things right now. You know, Mark is just so. Um, everybody uses. I think they were using the term moxie and and, and poise, uh, but it's obvious he's he's not scared of this. Uh, this isn't anything that that makes him. Uh, he doesn't appear nervous out there. He, he looks like he's just a ball player, and uh, I think that he, that's what these coaches ultimately saw. Not just the week leading up to to the first game. Um, not just for every every now and then in practice, because you know Dallas can attest to it. Um, a rookie to come in and to win the job over two guys who started half the season last year, who have you know two years in the program on him, is that means that he's special, and these coaches see that and have seen it consistently since he showed up. And so, based on that, I have a tremendous amount of confidence that. You know, the plays that aren't quite being made right now or that are being negated by penalties, whether they're legitimate or not, um, it, I think more more than likely we're going to start seeing more of them being made, which for your for opposing teams has got to be concerning uh, because there's no doubt about it. He's a rookie, and we, we've seen rookies come into the Valley and have some success at the quarterback position, uh, which is very difficult to do. But I think the sky's the limit the young man and um you know that the weapons around him have got to get comfortable with uh, with their roles and with his style of play and but there's no doubt it's his job and i think they mentioned last week will we see jabori gibson no uh you know he, he lost the job um and uh it's uh it's the rookie's turn and so we'll uh i'm very anxious to see where it goes yeah, it's it's exciting to see. You know, it's very promising. Um, so heading into the Western Illinois game this weekend, um, we're excited about getting up to Brookings and actually seeing this team in action. Um, have you had a chance to preview Western Illinois a whole lot? I guess what are you what are you looking forward to this weekend? You know, I, I haven't a lot. Um, you know, just just in checking the, the box score. Uh, last week and, and, and re- reading a couple articles about how that game played out against Missouri State. Uh, again, the Western Illinois ultimately lost. Um, but, it, you know, it sounds like they're, they're running a very up-tempo offense. And they're going to throw the ball all over the place. I think their quarterback threw the ball damn near 50 times last week. So, um, you know, the defense is, is going to be tested downfield, but I think it's a whole lot of uh, short to, to intermediate throws, crossing routes, uh, a lot of three-step uh, in your face. Um, uh, get the ball to, to our quick playmakers and, and make these defenders tackle us, which uh, for an SDSU defense kind of to a certain degree plays into our hands because we're so uh, traditionally so fundamentally sound and are going to allow you to uh, to catch those balls in front of us and then come up and make, make sure tackles and, and create turnovers, get you in third and short, and then hopefully get you off the field. seems like third and long is where we get in trouble. <laughs> but, um, I, I you know, I, I defensively I expect us to, uh, yeah, to, 
uh, maybe throw out a little more nickel package and, and just have, you know, they're going to spread us out. Um, offensively, this offense is going to go as our offensive line goes. They are, uh, you know, the, all those boys came back and uh, save for save for a couple guys, you know, staunch starters. But all these guys have playing time and they're a bunch of mean SOBs. There's no doubt about that. You see it early in these games. They are they are kickers. Um, but you, you saw them get a little they were just a little off in that in that second half. Um, you know, there were some 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 glaring some glaring issues in pass protection only a couple of times, but they were big plays, uh, you know, impact plays. Um, but I think you're going to see a heavy dose of Pierre strong. Uh, you know, I had some folks asking me, you know, Hey, uh, I think he, he didn't quite get to the 20 carry mark, um, last week, but you know, he is the best player on this offense. No doubt about that. Is he a 30 carry back? <sighs> Not in my opinion, guys. I, you know, I think he could do it, but for, um, granted, this isn't a, you know, a 12 game season, uh, like we typically see. Um, but 30, 30 carries is a ton of carries for, for anybody. Uh, you know, Zach Zetter is a guy who could do it every single week and, and, and not and not get hurt type of deal. Um, but I think, no, we're going to see Pierre early and often. But I also think we're going to open it up as well because you saw how this offense, you know, how explosive it can be with the Yankee boys uh, out there who have been, who, you know, who were great this past week. Um, so, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Uh, that was exciting to see how explosive this offense can be. I mean, you know, with those that downfield passing, I mean, I think as we watched the UNI game, we kind of wanted that to see if Gronowski could handle that. And, man, he proved that. He he's can handle that just fine. Um, you know, one thing I think I'll look for, I guess, uh, Hines, uh, you know, we just didn't see much of him in, in the UND game. I'd like to see the tight ends get a little more involved, um, I guess, you know, what are your thoughts on, you know, do you think it was a scheme thing? It just seemed like we didn't have much of a intermediate passing game. It was either, you know, screens or deep passes. Yeah. They, you know, they, they, they got into that. Um, you know, they got into that, that taking that, I mean, every team wants to take their shots. Um, but, you know, Gronowski, yeah, he, he was looking for the boys and his half the time is because they were running free uh, down the field. Um, but yeah, it, it was interesting to, to see just how, how little, um, you know, Zach, uh, uh, was uh, what Heinz was utilized last week. Now, um, is, is that in the game plan? No, never. You know, you're always uh, looking to, to get your, your best players involved in the game and, and planning to get them involved in the game and get them going. But um, sometimes it just doesn't just doesn't click off. And then and then players uh, on either side of the ball, if it doesn't start, if you if you don't get in that 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 zone or in, into a groove early on in the game, um, yeah, you can kind of be out of it. And I think maybe that's what we saw with Heinz. And, and you, I think you're right. You know, more than likely that you could see him be more of a focal point, especially in the red zone. I think he's got to be a focal point going forward. So, Hank, something that um, has been brought up to me a couple times about our defense and then specifically going into this weekend with w, with Western Illinois thro- loving that short, quick passing game where maybe, maybe you could – Educate us some on this with how far our defensive backs play off the ball. Some, yeah, I know uh, some people lose their minds about that. Would you uh, be able to go over why that we we do the, what we do on the outside like that? Well, you know, so much of it, guys, it, it is schematic. It is hey, what 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 are we what are we doing right now? And last week, I think you saw the guys um, not. You know, there wasn't a whole heck of a lot of, of two deep safeties being played. You know, we, we were playing man, and 
uh, in, in cover three. And um, so, you know, in those scenarios, um, we're going to be, uh, the corners are going to be six, seven yards off the ball, um, especially in, in off man, you know, which is a very difficult technique uh, to, to play. Um, uh, maybe maybe we'll see them up in these guys' faces a little more, but with as, uh, you know, with, I think they're going to come out in a, now granted, I haven't seen any, you know, actual film uh, on these guys. So as far as what personnel, uh, but based on the statistics, uh, I have to believe they're going to spread us out with a bunch of wide receivers. And if that's being the case, you know, the, the, our defense isn't, isn't one that's going to trot out, um, you know, six, seven DBs uh, all that often, you know, our, our best practice. Hey. We're, we're, we're a base defense, um, you know, uh, a focused type of unit um, with, um, with guys like Logan Backus being on the field more often than not um, in, in lieu of that, that 6 DB. So, you know, as far as our guys playing off, you know, last week, uh, UND didn't necessarily kill us with three-step, just, the, you know, one, two, three, and, and bang. Um, it was, yeah, it, you know, they, they were able to make some plays in the, in the short passing game. But um, ultimately, you know, in, in the second half, they were able just to grind it out, run the football against us, and then yeah. pull it down for some play action. And, and, and in the end, go up and make plays. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, between uh, Gardner and, and Malik Lofton, um, you know, the, those guys have played well at times and, and have gotten beat at times. That's the life of a DB, um, especially when you're playing man more often than not. Um, uh, you know, there's been a couple of opportunities for them to make some plays, but early on in the, in the season, um, you know, DBs were DBs for a reason. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, getting getting those ball skills honed in to, to go up and, and rather than just have it be a PBU, may have it be in a, a game changing right. turnover. Um, maybe we'll see some more of that uh, in the coming weeks. So let me ask you from a, a broadcaster standpoint. Um, I don't know if you pay attention to our uh, podcast much, but we do talk about betting lines. So I'm curious, do you, you know, it's something that broadcasters used to have to stay away from, but it's becoming more accepted now. Do you know what SDSU is favored by this weekend? I'm curious. I have not seen uh, the early line. Um, I'm not a big gambler. Uh, I'll be straight up with that. Um, I, I do dabble. I have a bunch of degenerate friends. Uh, who are, who are all about that. <laughs> um, so, uh, but I have seen, uh, you know, Western Illinois, I, gosh, I would imagine we're, um, uh, are we 10 point favorites early this week? Have you guys seen 20? 20 has seen. Well, no. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Funny. I, I was very, number. it seems, it seems high. It, you know, um, Hey, we're still, we're a top 10 football team uh, at, at this level guys. Uh, there, there's no doubt in my mind um, with the, the group of guys that that coach Stig has out there that, um, you know, more often than not, we're going to be favored and we're going to be favored for a reason. And right. you see it where, where you really see it, especially right now, is up front um, on both sides of the ball. Our offensive line and D line are, are as deep. Uh, you know, I bet I bet eight of our guys on the defensive line, if not seven, uh, could go to the majority of, of Valley football teams and start. Uh, the, you know, we're, we're that we're that loaded. Um, and so. You know, it does. I guess it doesn't necessarily surprise me. It does to a certain degree, um, given you know just how uh, how many points and and just the uh, some of the stats that the Western Illinois put up. Granted, it was uh, it was against Missouri State, who historically hasn't been uh, you know a staunch defensive uh, program. Um, so no, I'll, you know, twenty points. I, I'll be I'll be anxious to see if we're able to cover that. Absolutely. <laughs>
Yeah, so it's always interesting to me when, you know, you can kind of tell when broadcasters are aware of the line when they start to make some comments about it. Um, so I just, I didn't know if that was something you ever paid attention to or not. Yeah, every week we, yeah, we have an idea uh, every week. We, we know uh, how these games are, how the wise guys are feeling about these games. Um, it's a, it, you know, uh, uh, I, I don't know if I, if I don't have the appropriate terminology for it, but. Um, as far as folks is concerned with, with legalized gambling and all that, you know, it gets a little political, so I stay out of that, but, um, you know, I think it, it, it certainly adds another element of intrigue, uh, to, to, to all of sports, but especially games at, at this level, especially right now, because there isn't a whole mm-hmm. lot going on. Um, you know, you got the NBA going, baseball's getting fired up. Um, I think NHL's rolling too right now, but, uh, for folks who love football, you know, you want to watch ball game, uh, on Saturday, you know, there's some pretty good teams playing. Uh, on Saturdays going forward, uh, especially in the Missouri Valley. So I think there's a lot more people tuning in, tuning into these games than, than what there they're typically is. Yeah, I would agree. We were hoping that ESPN would pick up you guys and, and show some of your, show, show some of our games on, on an ESPN, you know, uh, two or whatever. But uh, unfortunately it seems like that just didn't happen, but I think it was a missed opportunity because I think, you know, people are wanting football. They are, you know, we've really been, fortunate with the, the the deal that the conference has with uh, uh with espn espn plus mm-hmm. um formerly uh, espn3 uh, prior to that you know you for the first uh you know five six years you had to have a mid-coast subscription to watch these ball games mm-hmm. and now maybe you still do yeah i think he's uh, i think, I think nope. if you get if you, yeah right if you got espn plus you can you can check out the game, right? Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I got buddies from all, all over the country who, who are able to, to check, to tune into our broadcast, which which has been which has been huge for, for our game at, at this level. Mm-hmm. Uh, no doubt about that. But definitely some some national exposure uh, on ESPN2 or something like that is always uh, preferential. And more than like, I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing seeing that early in the playoffs rather than, than later. Well, selfishly, Hank, I hope they don't uh, uh, run you and Tom on there because they'll probably want to steal you away. Some of their announcers are atrocious, and you guys are so damn good at it. <laughs> well, thanks again, guys. Uh, pumping me up, making me feel good. Uh, it's it's but... the truth. Have you ever watched some of these ESPN crews do FCS playoff games? Oh, my God. Yeah, you know, if I had a dollar for every time we were called San Diego State. Uh, right. <laughs> Uh, not just right. football, but you know, basketball games there, which still is mind-boggling to me. Right? How? How? It, it, it might, I don't know what I don't get it at all. I, I just don't get it. Uh, but um, but no, you know, we're. Uh, it's. I will say, it's not an easy thing to do. To uh, uh, to granted, you're not necessarily on camera the whole time, so you don't have that uh, that sense of um, uh, of nerves or or just you know everybody staring right at me, but to uh to be in the booth and to uh essentially just yammer on for three hours uh, (laughs) (laughs) i think it it takes a a certain um certain personality type to be able to to not shut up for three hours and uh, i just happen to be one of those one of those personality types i gotta sorry i gotta chime in on the san diego state thing i've been trying to get something going for a couple years now i want sell to figure out how to schedule San Diego State in football and basketball. Oh We're going to build it as a grudge match. Only people in, in, in the Midwest here will know why. But God, I would get behind that. Can, can we start a movement? I want, I want to see It'd be that. be amazing. It's a great idea. 
<laughs> just own them just for, to see announcers' heads explode. Yes. <laughs> if anything, for to be able to claim officially claim the SDSU moniker, say, hey, this is this for yes. all the marbles, right? Yes. <laughs> oh, Absolutely. God, we get a review. There's like a belt involved. We oh, I love it. Oh, a belt. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Let's get a belt in there. Well, we're excited for this weekend, and uh, we would invite you to our tailgate for a, a beer pregame, but unfortunately, uh, we won't be doing that this weekend. But um, maybe this fall, we can we can get you out there and get you all uh, lubed up before before you go on before you go on air. <laughs> I'll look forward to that. And uh, if you ask around, folks will tell you that. You know, it wouldn't be the first time that Tommy and I are spotted at a tailgate before the game. <laughs> no <laughs> kidding. Shut up. Really? No, no, no. Of course not. Never <laughs> constant professionals up there three of hours course. before. Ready, right. Prepping, ready. <laughs> well, good deal. I guess, uh, you know, thanks for coming on. Uh, it's been great having you, and we're really looking forward to it. We'll most, I think Brendan and I for sure will be at the game. I don't know about Dallas, but um, I'll be – Rewatching and enjoying you and Tom on the broadcast is it's it's always good. Well, I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me on. Uh, appreciate the invite and uh, love what you guys are doing. Um, it's great for for you know the SDSU faithful alumni and fans, and we you know the, these ty- these are types of things that get people excited and uh, you know keep people engaged with what with what's going on um, at SDSU and, and certainly in the athletic department. So keep doing what you're doing. Well, that was fun. That was a blast. I was going to, I was going to give him a hard time for a second. It was like, you know, you don't have the the camera on your face all the time. And I wanted to be like, so it's not like say being on a podcast with camera (laughs) on your face for someone like Jackrabbit illustrated. (laughs) Yeah. No, thanks again to Hank for uh, being on. That was, and thanks Dallas for hooking us up. Um, yes, thank you, Dallas. So, was I was that? Gonna, I was going to call him a regular contributor, and I, I, hadn't, I hadn't said that to him yet, but <laughs> you should have. Oh, no, a weekly contributor, Hank McCall. Yeah, sell it. You just, you just assume the sale, man. We'll see how much he enjoyed it. Right. Back to your regularly scheduled program here. Um, we went over the prediction. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> we went over. I had to ask. Way to get it in there. God bless you. I had to ask. That was fantastic. Love it. Oh <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's what we do here in the it is. podcast. We are we we just you know we get our addictions out in the open for people <laughs> to know. That's not true. I haven't had alcohol in the game on this yet. <laughs> So we recapped the UND game with Hank, uh, kind of looked a, looked ahead to the Western Illinois game. One thing we did want to talk about is the updated top twenty-five. Uh, oh well, we can go to we can go to picks um, by Culver's. Possibly Culver's you investors. Possibly you. <laughs> Sorry, I was so excited to put that up, and then I did it the wrong time. Oh, that was I, killing me. I was dying. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll, we'll pull up top 25. Well, I got this. Uh, Let's go up top 25 sure, first. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, talk about how amazing uh, these guys did. You know, um, it was uh, a tough, tough week to put together a top 25. 
I think, Brendan, you were talking about just like how great this came out, that you're just astounded that they um, could come up with such a good list. Yeah. I mean, if you follow me on Twitter, uh, you're probably well aware of just how thoroughly impressed I am with the stats voters because what they should do with this top 10 list, each <laughs> stats voter, they should take it and then print it out. And this next step's very important. Fold it up really small, like as small as they can, and then shove it up between their nether regions so no one ever has to see it again. Because that's how bad this is. And then light it on fire, because that's what they deserve for putting this garbage out here. I mean, what in... I'm working. See, Matt, I didn't swear. What is that? What is that? It's just off all of it. It's all bad. Nothing's good on there. I could have had my daughter fill that out and it would have been better picking by mascots. That's how bad that is, Craig. I agree. So if you want a good, like a good, actually good poll and a good gauge of what the poll should look like, go look at Sam Herter's poll. He did an amazing job. He does a great job covering SCS and his poll is what this poll should have been. Um, yeah, for you and I to be at number three and us to be at eight and then NDSU to be ahead of us, it's just unreal. Like you said, and on Twitter, you know, it's, uh, they need to explain how, how did they end up here? Because uh, you and I to be there is just inexplicable. I mean, what are they that, are they impressed by their win over Youngstown state or, you know, just it's yeah. unreal. No, it, it, there's, there's just so many things. I could go on this for an hour. So <laughs> I'm not going to start it because we're trying to get under an hour this time. Yeah. For the first time ever. So I'm not going to start because if I start, I won't stop. We so don't Craig, have time. This is your one shot. You're getting a mulligan. <laughs> Next time, I'm just going to go and I'm not going <laughs> to stop. All right. So there it is. Uh, for the people that can't see it, Jacks are at eight. Um, UNI is somehow at three. Uh, UND jumped up to number four. North Dakota State fell to number six. Uh, Southern Illinois jumped all the way up to 11 from being not ranked. Illinois State dropped to 15. And USD shows up on the poll at number 20 after beating Illinois State. So that's uh, just a rundown of the Missouri Valley teams and where they're at in the top 25, which, again, like Brendan said, is complete garbage. So take that for what it's worth. Mm -hmm. So uh, we got to wrap this up quick. Uh, we'll get to the Missouri Valley games and our picks for them. Uh, let's first go to uh, USD goes to UND, which is going to tell us a lot about both teams. Uh, UND is favored by seven. Uh, I'll go first since you complained about it last time. Yeah. Um, I This one's very tough to pick. Um I think UND is a very good team, and I think they continue to roll here. Seven's a tough number, but I'll take UND minus seven. Minus seven, and it's at UND or USD? UND. Somehow at they got UND, three three home games in a row, which... Yeah. Take UND at home. They're so much better at home. Take UND. Sold. I would agree. Yep. And it would... I mean, at this point, we need UND to do really well. So it's, it's going to serve us if they do well. Plus, USD losing is always fun. Because how we pick these games influences how those teams play. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So the next game is Southern Illinois goes to Youngstown State. Um, surprisingly, Southern Illinois is only, only favored by six and a half. 
this is an easy one for me. Southern Illinois, I mean, they just whooped up on NDSU. What more do you want from them? Youngstown State is clearly inept on offense. Uh, Southern Illinois in a in a big a big one. You know, I am also going to take Youngstown State, though it feels like every time we think a line's really stupid and wrong, it goes You're, way sideways on us. But you're I taking will, Southern I Illinois, will take right? Southern Illinois. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. I would agree. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it is one of those ones where it's like, are they sure they got this right? Because it looks way off. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one we got, NDSU goes to Missouri State. NDSU is a 20-point favorite. Go, Brendan. At Missouri State? Give me yes. the Bears. NDSU is terrible there all the time. 20 points, I will take every one of them. 20 points is a lot. You know, it's going to be tough. Uh, Angry NDSU win game. Bobby Petrino (laughs) coached at Missouri State for or at Arkansas for a reason. He may be a terrible person, but he's a dang good football coach. Yeah, I am. I got to agree with you. 20 points is too much for an NDSU team who looks, uh, I don't know, dare I say mediocre. We'll see. He dares. (laughs) And then you got. Illinois State going to Northern Iowa. Uh, Northern Iowa is favored by seven and a half. That's a very tough line. Uh, what do you got on that one? Illinois State is going to UNI, and UNI is favored by seven and a half. Correct. Give me Illinois State just because UNI, though they are very good, I don't think they have the offense to win by that much. Uh, well, I'll go opposite in this one. I think UNI, their defense is very good. Um we saw the difficulties that Illinois State had with USD, and UNI, I think, has a very superior defense to them. I'm going to go UNI, winning by around 10, so they'll cover the 7.5 there. Okay. Uh, this is more fun than last week. Last week, we had all the same picks. We got two opposites this week, and then the final game of the weekend, we've got SDSU, uh, like I said earlier, favorite at home by 20 against Western Illinois. We are at home. It's a get-right game. That's a huge amount of points. I'm going to take SDSU. I am too. I think that the guys are going to be mad. I think they're, you know, they know what they got to do the rest of the season, and I think they use this one to take out some aggression. So sorry, Western Illinois, but it's not going to be pretty for you. Dallas, what are your thoughts on the game? I'm going opposite just because, man, that's a lot of points. And this is one where if I'm wrong, I will gladly eat crow. I have no problem with that. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm taking those points. That's a lot. Well, if it makes you feel better, I've never ate crow for any of my picks. <laughs> <laughs> I just boldly take the L's and charge on to the nest. <laughs> never look back. <laughs> that's a good approach to life. I love it. That's my thought. Yeah, I stumble from failure to failure. <laughs> well, with that, uh, we don't. I, I know Dallas has got to get running here, so we don't want to take up too much of his time. I got um, hockey rules, all man. There you go. He's got children. <laughs> I'd like to once again thank Hank. Um, it was awesome having him on. Hopefully, we can get him on again sometime. And uh, regular contributor Hank McCall. Exactly. Contributor, weekly yeah. contributor, Hank McCall. Weekly contributor, Hank McCall. Along with sponsor, <laughs> along with sponsor Culver's and Brookings. Remember to or, stop by yes. Culver's and Brookings this weekend. If you go to Brookings before or after the game, uh, grab a butter burger. Yeah. Concrete looking, mixer, whatever you want. Delicious. Delicious uh, custard. Yep. Looking delicious forward, custard. looking forward to that concrete mixer for free Culver's. So. Yep. 
I'll just, I assume they'll know who I am when I walk in the door, and they'll just give it to me. They're just going to throw a bunch of Scoopy tokens at you. Yeah. <laughs> it's my job. I'll make it happen. <laughs> Making it rain on Dallas like he's, or not Dallas, like Ben, like he made yep. his name Dallas at some strip club. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With that, and... <laughs> That's a, that's a proper way to end it, considering how we started it. Yeah. God, fun show. So, Good with that, uh, as always, go big, go blue. Go, go Jacks. This has been the B-Team Podcast. Remember to like and subscribe, as well as follow Jackrabbit Illustrated on Facebook and Twitter. Don't have your hopes too high. We're going to give her our A effort, but we are the B-Team. Average that out. I'm not sure on the math words there's you throw letters in with math and i don't like it now here's ben and brandon 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 now here's ben and brandon here's bren <laughs> <laughs> brendan brendan <laughs>